0: Welcome to the Run For God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run For God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in his name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, we will share a humorous story and talk about how laughter really can be good medicine. Also, we will talk about how to push past the limits that we put on ourselves. And joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis.
1: Thanks for having me, Dean
0: how about the weather? Oh, it's nice. Finally.
1: Yeah, hoodie weather. Yeah, my favorite. I just yeah. uh in case you don't you you, pro- you probably know this, but for everybody out there, you know my my wardrobe is pretty simple. But what I do every fall is I get all new hoodies and I get all new t-shirts and long sleeve t-shirts. So, I just got done and I I kind of kicked Gay and Holly out of the out of the printing business for a little while and I go I want to print my own shirts. Yeah. I like I like I like doing that. There's something I don't know. It's satisfying. Yeah. So I got there and print them on my own shirts and uh, just got done with that the other night. And so I've got my whole new wardrobe. Oh. So I buy my whole new wardrobe for the whole year and it's like 200 bucks. So. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. just, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the same way, except that I don't get, I don't do new ones every year. So my, my rotation of t-shirts and hoodies have been around for a while. We might have to get you a new well, wardrobe then. Oh yeah, well you know you got to represent know. well.
1: You can't they're, have raggedy Run For God shirts. They're broke in good, though. They are. That's true. <laughs> they last a long time. For sure. Hey, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Again, if you have a business out there and you want to support what we do here at Run For God and, in turn, allow us to support what you do in your business, send an email to runlanehollis at com. He'll get you all the information about becoming one of our sponsors. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about First Bank of Dalton. Um, they have now become Built Well Bank. Um, they have just been bought. So it's it's now Built Well Bank. And it's um, your bank of choice is important because privacy and security of your money is important. And whether you're opening a checking account or you're getting a home mortgage, your local Built Well Bank will have the best banking experience you can ask for. No stress, no hassle, Built Well Bank. You know, that's common nowadays. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of the smaller banks be... Bought and purchased by bigger banks, yeah. and uh, I think it's I think a lot of it's because of the technology nowadays. A lot of the technology is so expensive, and it's better to have you know more branches under one roof. But uh, I
0: guess it's one of those changes that it's it's not all bad. Well, I know these guys; they'll probably still operate the same way they always have,
1: and it's still a local bank. It's yep. it's more of a regional bank now, mm-hmm. but they're not one of the the big boys. Uh, yeah. I think they probably have fifteen or twenty locations. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of it's one of those things it's consolidation is it's everywhere
0: now happens in every industry yeah, doesn't it sure it does yep. well we had a post from last week from run club social and this is one that that kind of caught my eye this one's come this one comes from jacob eiler and it says my first 10k originally i intended to run six miles but it ended up being a little more than that Two months ago, I wasn't even running, and now to be able to do over six miles feels great. I give God the glory for helping me along the way, especially for that little extra motivation when fatigue was setting in. (laughs) We see these stories all the time, don't we? We do. I mean, just person after person who does more than they think they can do or... It's just something maybe never even crossed their mind. The idea of running six miles for a lot of people is like, why would I do that? Yeah. And then they do it, and it's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But I I wanted to say this about this post because now I don't want anybody to take me wrong. I think it's great. we got to be careful here. Yes, yes. But I I
1: get your sentiment.
0: Yes. I think it's great when we say I give God the glory for what I've done, and it's true, and it's great, and God does give us the abilities he gives us. But don't discount the fact that you got out there and you did it, sure, right? I mean, being being a good Christian is important, but it takes us making good choices and doing the right things and following God's lead to yeah. do it. And in this It's kind of like the did. old
1: story of the, the guy that was stranded on his roof in the flood. Yes. You know, we have to do our part. You yeah. know, God will help us, but God God's not going to rescue the guy off the roof. You know, he sent a boat, he sent a helicopter, and he sent something else. I don't remember. And the guy was like, no, I'm waiting on God to rescue me. Yeah, and then he dies, and he goes to heaven, and he's like, "What's the deal, God? You know, I thought you were going to save me." He said, "I sent a boat, I sent a helicopter, and I sent whatever else. You have to do your part." Yeah, and it's the same yeah. thing in our running. You know, God to give us strength yep. if we, you know, ask for it, and you know it's in His will, but we still have to lace up our shoes and get out the door. That's right. God's not going to run for us. That's
0: right. That's right. <laughs> so don't discount that because if you if what you're looking for is for God to do it for you, it's probably not going to get done yeah because i would go out
1: on a limb and say it's not going to get done right god can do whatever but i doubt he's gonna make you fitter and faster sitting on the couch
0: i was listening to a guy on a podcast this week and he was talking about how he said he was talking about two things and he said he because somebody had called in or sent him a message or something asked a question about you know how do I? He was talking about dating, actually, is what he what, what he was talking about. But he was talking about how do I make myself better as mm-hmm. a person? And he said, "Well, here's one easy way to do it." He said, "You can be more fit than ninety percent of the people in this country just by working out, just mm-hmm. by doing it, and it's very simple. Walking thirty minutes a day. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. It will will get you more fit than most people. Yeah. And uh, and he said that." He has trouble. He he works out every single day. And he says sometimes he has trouble working out. And you know what he does to get himself motivated? He just goes and puts on his workout clothes. When he doesn't feel like it, he goes and puts his workout clothes on. He says something about putting those clothes on just makes him want to, now I want to go do it. Yeah. And I think the same There's thing. There's a I, lot of truth in that. There yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. I think if you don't feel like running, go put your running clothes on. Yeah. And now, see how you feel. And yeah. I bet you'll feel. You may still not quite feel like running, but you'll feel a lot better about it. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, right you know, I, and, and and having accountability too. You know, yeah. you got to have that. You know, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of easing my way back into running, and and I wasn't liking what I was seeing when I first started back. I mean, I've been walking for almost two years, and so I'm kind of easing back into running. And man, Dean, I thought it would come back. A lot quicker than it has and <laughs> yeah. it it's it, it's coming back yeah. but it was it was so I reached out to a buddy of mine Keith Perum, um, and I said hey we need to run together and so we've been out there and last yesterday we did our fastest three miles that we've done so far but there's there's no doubt in my mind I would not be where I am now just doing it by myself you know I will get back to the point where you know you do it on your own and whatever but Especially getting started or coming back, you know, try to have somebody in your corner with you that can help you do that. And uh, it's a good idea. Yeah.
0: And you know what I noticed? And you don't even know that I noticed this, but I'll tell you now. What? That uh, I've been watching as you do this. And I watched you run by yesterday as you guys were going through the lap there. And you can tell it's getting a lot easier just by watching you run. Well,
1: it's not easier. Well, it's, not it's, getting, it's getting faster. It's, it's just not getting easier. It's easier. Yeah.
0: It's easier. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah so but, yeah i mean keith you know his he he's he really hasn't stopped running he runs three or four times a week and he had a stroke here all back yeah and his uh his wife reached out to me and said he's wanting to get back to running but he don't need to do it by himself why don't you go with him and i was like here's Perfect. here's my moment isn't that funny so, how god yeah. put that together yeah <laughs> it is that's so, just uh, awesome hey let me let me park right here and and i feel like i need to say something about last week's podcast if you were listening to last week's podcast it's almost like I went missing the last 15 minutes of the podcast. And the reason for that, I have my computer in front of me where, you know, Dean and I have kind of an outline of the podcast. And for whatever reason, I usually don't have it, but I have my, my iMessage. I had it up on my computer. And a text came through from my oldest son, Lane, who, you know, he's been dealing with some some injuries for a while now. And he sent me a text right in the middle of the podcast last week that said, wasn't able to get my run in, you know, basically just a short text that made me think his injury's back. Yeah. I I didn't hardly talk the last 15. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And (laughs) long story short, he just didn't give me enough information, which most teenagers don't. He's fine. You know, he had a little tweak in something. He's back to running now, but my mind completely left the reservation. So if you were listening last week and it sounded like I just didn't have anything to say or wasn't engaged with Dean, that wasn't the case. I was just completely distracted. <laughs> so I will not have my text messages up on my computer going
0: forward. So if you were listening, sorry about that. And you're uh, you're like me. You're easily distracted. You, something oh, like yeah. that just, just yeah. You know, yeah go off in a whole new direction. Yeah. I get yeah. it. I, yeah.
1: I mean, I had him That's in the like, hospital. I had him, you know... <laughs> Uh, and I told him that night. I was like, "You got to give me a little more more information than what you gave me." So uh, anyway,
0: that's funny. Now everybody's going to go back. They didn't even notice. Now they're, they're going to go, go back, and, back and, listen and listen to the it last now. few minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. The trivia question from last week was this: What is the name of the race series where participants run eight to twelve miles through an obstacle course? If you didn't know, it is Tough Mudder. Mm-hmm. Tough Mudder is not to be confused with Spartan races, which are very similar, only shorter. Um, And the Tough Mudder, again, it's usually longer. The obstacles are usually almost exactly the same they're just closer together on the uh the spartan races so very interesting this is what wikipedia says about tough mudder i thought that was a good thing to talk about tough mudder is an endurance event series which participants attempt to run 10 to 12 mile long obstacle courses it was co-founded by will dean and guy livingstone the obstacles often play on common human fears such as fire water electricity and heights the first tough mudder challenge was held in the united states in 2010 well, that's a coincidence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, as of 2016, more than 3 million people worldwide have participated in Tough Mudder events. In January 2020, the Tough Mudder was petitioned for involuntary chapel, Chapter 8 uh, 11 bankruptcy um, and was uh, actually purchased by Spartan Race. Uh, so th- so now Spartan and P- Tough Mudder are basically owned by the same folks. And this happened in February 2020. I thought, oh, my goodness, it sounds like maybe the pandemic did them in, but it sounds like this happened before, before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, and I th- what I thought was interesting, you didn't you didn't even read this part, but the creditors that uh, pulled them into bankruptcy were three building contractors. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I'd like to know the story behind that because you would think it would be like some kind of suppliers or, or maybe they were maybe they were contractors who built the courses farm. i don't know um but i think it's and i because two of them have building in the name but one of them i didn't know and i looked it up and it's it's another building contractor huh. so it's that's uh
0: that's interesting that it's well, i wonder if these two guys who started it maybe they're in that industry yeah i don't know uh, yeah. maybe tough mudder was just part of something else i don't know yeah well anyway have tough- you ever done one I have not, but I have thought about it a number of times. I just haven't done it. I went and watched my son do one back several years ago, and uh, it looked like a lot of fun. You know, Holly
1: did. It wasn't either one of these. It was just a mud run in Chattanooga, which is kind of similar. They, they they host one. It's off-brand in Chattanooga.
0: Is it the Dirty Spokes? No, okay. it's the
1: Chattanooga Mud Run. Okay. I don't know if they still have it, but... Yeah. To show you how long ago, she was still working at the hospital. Oh, goodness. And uh, they were going to have two co-ed teams do the mud run to see who was faster. Well, all the guys started talking trash about the ladies, saying they were going to slow them down. The ladies said, okay, we'll do guys against girls. Guess who won?
0: Really? The girls won. That's awesome. That's good stuff. I like that. Uh, well, these these two guys that started this, they're from Great Britain, and they took this idea from a race they had in Great Britain, and I guess they brought it to the United States, and it, it blew up, um, hmm. which happens a lot. Yeah. I think about the, uh, oh, what's the name of the, uh, the obstacle course stuff that they do, the American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, yeah that was originally from Japan, I think. Yeah. And we adopted it, and now it's bigger than it's ever been. Yeah. So, uh, some of the obstacles that they have one, this one's called Arctic Enema. <laughs> participants <laughs> plunge into a dumpster filled with ice water, dunk underneath a plank that crosses the dumpster, and pull themselves out the other side. Electroshock therapy live wires hang over a field of mud, which participants must, must traverse. Funky Monkey is a set of incline and decline monkey bars over a pit of cold water. The bars are slicked with a mixture of butter and mud. <laughs> and then Everest, where where participants run up a quarter pipe slicked with mud and grease. So, it does sound it like fun. It sounds fun. It does, it does. And I'll tell you what, when I was young, I bet I could have killed stuff like this. I was so I was so coordinated, I, was so, I could do stuff when I was young I can't do anymore, but... Um, it's, it's pretty cool. They came out with the toughest mudder in 2016 and that's a They've got a five mile loop and they run this five mile loop over and over and they see how many loops you can do in 24 hours. So, uh, (laughs) that's, that puts a whole different spin on the ultra marathon. Uh, most loops wins. And so, uh, the record is 110 miles. Wow. That's a pretty good 24 hour run. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty good. And then there's a Tough Mudder X that combines CrossFit with Tough Mudder, with the, with the Mud Run. And that's pretty, that sounds pretty cool. But there's a whole bunch of different variations of it. It's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, like I said, I think when, when I was young, I think uh, my coordination and strength isn't what it once was. But I feel like I, I could have done a good job at some of these, yeah some of these things years ago. But I'd still love to try them now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know me. I'll try anything. Yeah. So yeah, we were just talking about yesterday where the we had this exercise, th- these push-ups where you you do push-ups with your arms in, over your head, right? And and how we had a bunch of kids that were doing that at one time and they couldn't do it. Yeah. And then they said, well, why don't you try it? I'm like, why would I try it? I just watched all of you guys fail. But you did it. And then I tried it and did it. And I was <laughs> like, wow, I had no idea. Uh, so that's, a lot of that's times, some of those
1: nuanced muscles, I think that some people use them some people don't yeah it's kind of like a, a bow in arrow. i don't know if you've ever shot bow but you've shot bow some but yeah. you know the, the the real hard compound bows you know you can have a little scrawny guy pull back 90 pounds and then have a big bodybuilder step up and can't pull that 90 pounds and it's because a bow uses a muscle that you don't use yeah. in your typical day you mm-hmm. only use it really for so i'll just you know yeah yeah
0: anyway Well, maybe we need to come up with an obstacle course race that has biblical application. That sounds like fun. I I mean, I can picture that. Sounds complicated. I can picture the Noah's Ark obstacle. (laughs) Let's just run, Dean. Okay. All right. We'll do that. (laughs) We'll do that. (laughs) So
1: um, the instructor dashboard is live. All right. So a lot of you out there have been instructors from the past. You're instructors currently, and you've been asking for the instructor's dashboard to come back, well it's back. Uh, So if you go to runforgod.com now, you log in, Uh, you have to be a member to take advantage of all these tools, but you can now teach a class through our instructor's dashboard. So you can log in, you can register your class, you'll have a link on our website uh, with a class page where your participants can come and sign up. Uh, You've got all the marketing materials, all the promotional stuff, the videos, Everything in one place. And uh, the cool thing about it is, when a student signs up for your class, you get an email saying that, hey, such and such has signed up for your class in whatever state. People can go on and search the coach led classes. So you can go choose your state and then go down and find the classes. So it's, uh, we're kind of getting back to the instructor led portion. You know, COVID kind of put a halt to that for a long time. And then we made the move over to Run Club. And we kinda of left that part out during that time. Well, now we've combined them. Uh so now we have Run Club and we're back to putting a big focus on the community led classes by our incredible coaches. You know, we've got about sixty five hundred mm-hmm. coaches around the world who've led yeah. Run for God programs over the past twelve years. And we're gonna this fall, we're gonna be rallying everybody back together to join us in January to start uh, actually on january the twenty third is when the couch to marathon start, but we're gonna urge people encourage people to start a five k challenge that same day because remember if you come to dalton you've got a free five k that's right at the end of that january twenty mm-hmm. third start so and who knows you may want to continue on and continue on to the marathon with a portion of your group uh, but we're we'll really going you're gonna see a lot of promotion about that this fall uh trying to get ready for that january twenty third class so if you're uh if you're a coach out there. Maybe you've been away for a little while. Come back to runforgod.com, go to the members' uh, tools and choose, click on uh, coaching dashboard and check it out. Let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. And I want to encourage everybody if you are a coach, if you're going to coach, if you've been doing it over even over the last couple of years and you haven't registered your class, just remember this. There are, we get calls all the time from people all across the country. Yeah. That say, is there a class near me? Right, and so people are looking, and oh, so yeah. make sure that you register your class because you may find somebody who ju- he, that needs a little bit of Jesus, and yeah. it's your, it's God's trying to put you together, and all yeah. you got to do is register your class. So, uh, so make sure you get out there and register that. Yeah, class. absolutely. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids?
1: The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you
0: serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive
1: Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change.
0: Back and you know, I've had a a number of uh, questions recently that people have sent me at dean at runforgod.com, training questions, sometimes injury questions, and some I can answer, some I can't. Um, you know, if you're dealing with an injury, sometimes my answer is that sounds like you need to go see a doctor. (laughs) I'm not a
1: doctor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: but sometimes I can I can suggest some things that you can do to try to get through whatever it is that you're that you're having trouble with, or a lot of I get a lot of emails about people who say, I'm not gonna run the the half marathon that everybody else is going to run in in, uh, South Carolina uh, or is it North excuse me North Carolina Mm -hmm. Um, how do I modify my plan if my race is a week later Um, I get those all the time so if you've got questions Mm -hmm. like those let me know or if you've got a general question um, send it to dean at runforgod.com what do we
1: we... always say we're experts on our opinion
0: we're experts on our opinion yes I I know my opinion better than anybody does (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, all right, and listen, we're going to share somebody's story here, and uh, we love this guy, and it's a great story. Yeah. If you've not, if you're not sharing your story, uh, and you've got one, well, you do have one. I don't know why. Everybody I said If one. you got one, everybody has a story. So uh, please share your stories so that we can share it right here on the Run for God Run Club podcast. We're actually starting to get light on stories, so uh, we need we need those stories. Send them in. All right. Well, I was listening to uh, a podcast last week. It was about, and he was a comedian kind of guy, right? And he he has he has a website that's funny, and um, it's kind of parody stuff. And but he's a very very devout Christian, and he comes at things from a Christian perspective. Everything that he does, Um, and he said he talked about how Christians have a hard time with comedy because we're afraid we're going to hurt people's feelings, and. And I'm afraid that that's probably true. Comedy has become hurtful mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. But it doesn't have to be. And we ought to be able to poke fun at ourselves. Yeah. And I think everything is more fun when we poke fun at ourselves and we make jokes. And, yeah. and so I think that's okay. And as runners, I think we're a little bit more open to it as runners. I think runners in general, because running is hard and it's. I think we tend to think that poking fun because we can do it about running you know we can talk about <laughs> how we feel and describe it in ways that may be funny or whatever um, but I, I think that um, poking fun at ourselves is important we're going to talk more about this is kind of a theme of this whole podcast
1: you know I, I think it's very important I think I listen to this same podcast
0: yeah. Um,
1: and yeah I mean we don't want as Christians we don't want to be cruel which is where a lot of comedy has gone nowadays which mm-hmm. is what he was talking about in that podcast mm mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I call you the fast old guy
0: yeah we
1: i'm I'm the slow young guy, <laughs> you know it's we we we've got to be able to in good fun, not mm-hmm. being cruel, but we've got to be able to have fun poking fun at each other um it's just uh, I mean that's my personality, yeah, you know i've I've stepped over the line a few times and I've had to go apologize but it's it's always in good fun and, and as christians i mean the bible is what we're going to read about in the in the story i mean the bible talks about having fun the t- bible mm-hmm. talks about having humor um and that we should do that we don't need to be you know a bunch of prunes just sitting around Look, we've talked about having Eeyore as your spirit animal <laughs> we don't need to be that no, we, don't. we don't need to be cruel but we need to be able to have fun poke fun at each other and uh yeah have a good time you know one of the one of the things i pray just about every prayer before this podcast I prayed and asked God, let us have a good time. Yeah. Because as Christians, we should have a good time. That's right. We have we we have the the biggest hope of anybody in our corner. We have the hope of Jesus Christ. That that we we have plenty to be happy about. Mm-hmm. So let that let that come out. You gotta you gotta not cross the line. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we, we need to have a good time.
0: For sure. No question. And there's a bunch of good Christian comedians out there who are very who are, who are very Christian focused. Um, I think about Tim Hawkins. He's my favorite. I love <laughs> yeah. Tim Hawkins. Have you uh, ever seen Tim Hawkins live? I have not. I need to go see. We went
1: him live. to watch him a few years ago at Alba's house and the Stampers went with us. Stampers yeah. are some of our good friends and they're Catholic. Yeah. He has a bit on Catholics in there. I mean, I was—and they were laughing. I mean, they were—I yeah. mean, I was almost wetting my pants listening to this guy. But it's just hilarious because it's it's all in good fun. We're right. we're all believers in that room. But he's—I mean, he's taking on the Methodists, the Baptists, the Catholics. And it was just—yeah, uh, if you've never
0: seen him live, you really need to, you really and, need to go see and him. And he talks about things that you would think—you can't joke about that. Like, he talks about— People's hand motions when they're worshiping, right? You think that's not so, but he he says it in such a way that he's not denigrating anybody, but it's funny and it's hilarious. Yeah, and uh, he does a really good job with it. Michael Jr. is another one. Um, he he does a really good job with his testimony when he's talking. Shonda Pierce, Mark Lowry, John Christ is one that uh, he's kind of a crossover guy. He. He's
1: crossing over right now, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, and, and I'm hoping, that a lot of the stuff that I see is still. He's getting a little edgy. He, Yeah, I, hope he, doesn't, I hope he doesn't go too far. Yeah. I hope he doesn't go too far. Because he can have a big impact, you know, because he is getting into an area where he's got people listening to him now that maybe he didn't in the past. So, yeah. I hope. I hope he stays there. Um. Anyway, I think running is way better when you can joke with yourself about it. Uh, You know, sometimes when I'm running, I call myself names. You know, just to get myself to quit whining. Yeah, Uh, I think that's good, Uh, and I think that we got to find that balance between taking ourselves seriously and not taking ourselves seriously. And and I think that that humor is where we do that, Mm -hmm. where where we not take ourselves too seriously when it's when it's important not to. So, um, I think when we're when we're too serious, we get too tough on ourselves. Uh, you know, we fail to get through a workout or whatever, and then then it's devastating to us. When if we can laugh and joke about it and mm-hmm. talk about it in a way that's that's funny, well, it's it doesn't hurt.
1: Well, you can say but the like, same thing to yourself and say it in two different ways, and it do two different things to your psyche. Yeah, like you know, y- you don't finish a workout and you say you loser. Well, you can say that in a tone to yourself that one, one is bad, one you really believe you're a loser, and one is is humorous. Right. You, you big you big loser. Yeah. You know, it's... I don't know if that makes sense or not.
0: Oh, it makes perfect but sense.
1: But, yeah, one is, one is serious and one is not. Yeah. It's okay to call yourself names if you're not being serious about it. Yeah. When you start getting serious and it gets into your psyche and it starts taking you down a dark path, then, yeah, you need to get away from that. Perfect but you sure. can say the same thing and not mean anything by it. In two completely
0: opposite ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, having said all that, we're going to share a story from one of our favorite run for God comedians, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Snyder from Lancaster, Ohio. Um, this one's called "Your Attitude Has the Wheel." Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and success achieved. That was a quote from Helen Keller, author of disability author and disability advocate. Visit any pharmacy and you'll find hundreds of bottles of medication all created to ease your pain and suffering, but there is one prescription missing from that shelf that you should be taking. You'll find instructions for it in the Bible. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. Proverbs 17:22. The world-famous silent film comic Charlie Chaplin said, A day without laughter is a day wasted. Yes, I know, everything that happens is not funny, but sooner or later, if you're going to survive, you have to get in touch with your funny bone. Let's have another look at the Bible. Psalm 35 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Political journalist Norman Cousins explained in his best-selling book, Anatomy of an Illness, how laughter helped save him from a painful tissue disease. He became unhappy with the hospital food and the way that the doctors were treating him. Deciding to take matters into his own hands, he checked himself out of the hospital and into a hotel room. He began watching hour after hour of comedy films and television shows. Doctors gave him a 1 in 500 chance of recovery. With his own prescription of laughter, laughter therapy, he began to improve his condition and in time outlived his doctor's dismal predictions by 26 years. When it comes to what direction your life's journey takes, remember, your attitude has the wheel. With that in mind, listen to the wisdom of doctor and running champion George Sheehan who wrote, Disease, then, is one of those bad experiences that turns information into knowledge and knowledge into wisdom, the bad experiences that make you love yourself and your body and the world and make you know that you are in a game that has to have a happy ending. When I became a marathon runner in the mid-80s, one of my first books I read on the subject was Running and Being by Dr. G- Dr. Sheehan. He talked about the final miles of a race he was in. The streets were lined with spectators cheering and shouting words of encouragement. As he passed one young boy, he heard him say, smile and it won't hurt as much. That seems to me is good advice, no matter what your injury or struggle may be. In fact, the people whose job it is to study smiles report that at the very least, it takes 10 muscles to smile and only six to frown. So for a better workout, start by smiling. Common sense and a sense of humor are the same thing moving at different speeds. A sense of humor is just common sense dancing. That comes from William James, psychologist and philosopher. Mm -hmm. Don't you love Jerry's perspective?
1: I do. I like that last quote. I never heard that. A sense of humor is just common sense dancing. I actually wrote that down in my book. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm going to have to use that again.
1: I love that. But yeah, I I love Jerry's outlook on
0: life. Yeah. You can tell. I've. We need to just kind of hang out with him for a day. Mm-hmm. You just you get the picture that just hanging out with Jerry, you just feel better yeah. after you got through, with him, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's just uh, and he looks like Santa Claus, makes it even better.
1: I bet he, I bet he spreads a lot of cheer in the month of December.
0: <laughs> I bet he does too. Yeah,
1: I wonder if he has a Santa Claus gig I'll,
0: in Ohio. I wonder. Yeah, he looks like he could for sure. Well, uh, we're going to talk more about somebody who uses the smile in particular in a very effective way. Um, And and I can remember times in my life, you know, where you're with a group of people or you're with another person and you're you're talking about something and you're laughing so hard you can't breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to that point where you're just laughing so hard. Well, think about a time in your life where you've just laughed with somebody really hard and then think about how you felt immediately following that. You always felt better. Every single time. Laugh so hard you're sore yeah,
1: the next day. I a, think after the Tim Hawkins, we saw him that time. A, I mean, I haven't – I think that's the last time I laughed that hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's uh, – sometimes you can find laughter, too, in places that you don't traditionally find laughter, like – I think I've told the story on here before about being at a funeral Mm -hmm. and making jokes at a funeral and feeling bad about it afterwards that I was making jokes at a funeral because we were laughing pretty hard.
1: With the guy whose mom had died.
0: Yes. And I thought, I don't know if that's appropriate. I felt really bad about it. And then one day he tells me, man, that was exactly what I needed in that moment. It was was the perfect thing. And so um, even in, in places where it just doesn't seem to make sense, Laughing, joking, having a good time—I think is important. So Absolutely. we got to be careful not to take things too seriously. Here's a scripture pathed, passage: Proverbs seventeen twenty-two. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine.
1: You know, I, I think I've seen this in real life. Uh, I don't know if I've talked on here before, but I had—I had cancer when I was nineteen years old. I had testicular cancer, and so I went through about six months of chemo. And I saw this. This really changed my outlook on a lot of things in my life when I saw this. But I was in the. I was taking chemo, and you know, you sit there for six hours. I think I've talked about speeding the IV up on here yeah. before, which yeah. we won't talk about again. But, <laughs> um, but I was surrounded by fifteen or twenty people that, who were all taking chemo. Most of them much older than me. I was by far the youngest person in the room. But what I saw after all those weeks was. Um, people who obviously had, they had the, um, I'll call it the, the Jerry personality. Yeah. They were upbeat. They were happy. You know, they were getting chemo. They had a needle in their arm, getting a chemical pumped into their body, but they were upbeat and happy. And their outlook was just great. And then you had those who's again, spirit animals, Eeyore. Mm-hmm. And they were just down and depressed, and it, it was sad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I saw is many of those people who had a very negative outlook—they died. Yeah, I mean, literally. While I was doing my because you, you get to know these people; it's the same people. We're mm-hmm. all there at the same time each week, and I, I don't. That's not a scientific sure analysis but I noticed it. It was enough for me to notice. That and you were young at the time. I was That's young. That's something most people notice. Yeah. And, and I was the guy, I mean, I, I literally took my IV and I walked, I made them put it on a rolling IV holder and I went and walked around the hospital. I was outside. I mean, I, I, I was not going to allow myself mm-hmm. to, of course I was the guy that I never even talked about it. If somebody had come up and, Oh, I'm so, I would just cut them off because I didn't want to hear that. Right. Um, but i do i do feel to jerry's point and and to the point of this scripture verse a merry heart doeth good like a medicine it's absolutely true and it's 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 hard to it's hard to uh put data or statistics to it it's not something you can quantify that way but it's absolutely true
0: yeah you know i'm thinking about the high school cross country team and the girls on our high school cross country team and three in particular um lily mhm Cameron mm-hmm. and Litzy. Yeah. those three girls—they're just happy all the time. Yeah. Guess who's making the most improvement in sure. their running right now? Absolutely, the, it's them. Yeah. I mean, because they—they just they're embracing it, even when it hurts. Yeah. You know, you—you you can see them sometimes they're hurting pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but they just—they have a positive way about embracing that, and yeah. it makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I think that. Ang- being angry, which is an issue that I've had my whole life, is, is, is being angry about things is the opposite of laughing, right? Mm-hmm. It's the exact opposite. What if we started looking at things that we would get angry about, like traffic, okay? <laughs> we will get angry about Good tra-
1: luck with that one.
0: <laughs> what if in the middle of traffic, instead of getting angry, we started making jokes, think about how much different it would make us feel about traffic because the truth is we're not gonna do anything about it the car in front of us is not gonna change based on what we say and how we have an outburst about how they drive so you're whatever.
1: saying what I said while ago where you can call yourself a name in two different tones and That's it'd be different you can call the guy that cuts you off in traffic two different, the same name in two different attitudes and it makes a difference on you absolutely right doesn't that make sense So you moron, Jesus loves you, and give him a thumbs up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna get hate mail for that. Oh my goodness! But
1: But, yeah, I get. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's what we say about that person that cuts us off in traffic is not going to affect that person, no matter what we say or how we say it. That's right. It's only going to affect us.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Dean. And the same thing happens when you run. If as soon as it starts to hurt, you start t- you start thinking about how bad it hurts, it's going and, and how miserable that is. It's going to be bad. It's going to get worse. If you, instead you go, "Huh, that kind of hurts. Let me see how how hard I can push through that," you know, and just kind of kind of make a joke about how hard it is, and it, I guarantee you'll feel better. <laughs> Another passage, Psalm thirty five, uh, says. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. This one's so simple, but so hard to do, to realize that everything is temporary, no matter what you're going through, no matter how negative, it's it's temporary. And it's 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 gonna it's gonna finish. It's got an end date. Everything has an end date. But you know, the words of that verse,
1: taken exactly how they exactly how it says is so true too. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've woke up. Three or four in the morning, and either you got something on your mind, something that's bugging you, or it's maybe it's about the week to come, and you're trying to prepare in your head and does it not seem like it just takes all night? I mean it just it's like the night yeah. lasts one hour feels like it's seven hours, it's and true. I mean, I found myself just praying, God, just let me go to sleep mm-hmm. and, and you you start to get you know down about stuff, but when the sun pops up. It's like, what what were you even worried about? Yeah. What was I even worried about last night? Yeah. And it's I mean the context of the verse is so true that we, we allow ourselves to get down. Yeah. But it's amazing what a new day will do for you.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And right now in our society, pop culture um is it, it is so embracing negativity and sadness. Sure. There's a thing right now that seems to be a trend and it's really disturbing where usually girls in particular they get on and usually it's Instagram they get on there and they they just cry in front of the camera about something that's sad to them and they pour their feelings out and they call it being vulnerable well there's a time and a place to, to do that kind of thing to let stuff out and let stuff go but it's but not, not on, on Instagram social media
1: I've not <laughs> yeah. heard that I've not
0: seen that yeah and it's it's really sad to watch that because to think about this, okay? You're sad about something. You're upset about something, and your first thought: Let me grab my phone and capture this moment. That's yeah, messed up. I, yeah, I want to capture the sadness. Now, that's not what we, that's those aren't the things we want to capture. Mm-mm. We want to capture the good stuff and the happy yeah. stuff. And and most people, that's what they do with social media. But this is disturbing mm-hmm. that, that um, there are people doing this kind of thing. We don't want to dwell on bad things. we want to think about the good things and the things the reasons we have to be joyful. you mentioned earlier you know as Christians we have so much to be literally joyful about sure that there's no excuse for us to do that. Um, I mean you look at Paul <laughs> in prison he's writing letters being positive, witnessing to the guards around him. I mean there's no reason. Why we can't be joyful. Well, you got in your notes here,
1: Todd Shoemaker. I mean, yeah. golly. Bum- I mean, Todd had, I, l- I just looked before we got on here because he had a stroke, what, six or seven days ago. And the post he made this morning is, today's a new day. Brokenness is often the road to a beautiful breakthrough. Oh gosh. I mean, with everything he's had in his life, and then he had a stroke. He's back in the hospital. I think he's actually out now, but he was back in the hospital again this past week. He's probably stayed in the hospital. He's had probably more rooms in the hospital at night than he's had anybody yeah. we know. Yeah. I mean he's not. he's mm-hmm. he's got his a room with his name on it there. He he's a modern day Paul. He's not in prison, he's in a hospital, which is just as bad as a prison at times. I mean it is.
0: I and mean, he just went through a hurricane too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Literally through a storm and this is his post this morning yes today's a new day brokenness is often the road to a beautiful breakthrough that's gonna be one of the quotes next week in the social media for run for god just so you know but yeah i mean we we could all use a little more paul we could all use a little more todd um there again it's it's just the attitude and it mm-hmm. doesn't cost anything to change your attitude
0: nope it doesn't that's right that's a good way to put it it's a good thought need to tell my kids that that is so sometimes. easy sometimes yeah <laughs> it's hard to do. Now we we throw it out there like it's it's yeah, no big it's, deal. Right. You know it's it, it's hard. Todd, I, I, there has to be times where Todd has a hard time fighting through it. He's got to get weary of that at times.
1: I say I need but, to tell my kids that. But I look at Lane. Lane has had a pretty crummy past two years running wise, fitness yeah. wise. I mean, he's just had the injuries and just he's getting all his bad years of fitness out in these past two years. I think. But I told you last week, some he's got a incredible— I can learn a lot from my oldest son by the attitude because I, I think I would have mailed it in by now. Yeah. But he's not. He's more determined than ever today. Um. He's actually been working on a—well, I won't get into that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we, need to, we need to learn from these people in our lives because God puts them in our lives for a reason. That's right. And a lot of times it's because we need to learn something from them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Last uh, scripture Ecclesiastes three one and four, everything on earth has its own time for crying and laughing, weeping and dancing. So, uh, yeah, I, I told you before we got started here mm-hmm. uh, last night, we have a we had an issue at our church where we have a particular group of kids who are exceptionally unruly and. They, uh, w- we actually had a couple that was trying to do some recreation stuff with them that they were quit. They wanted to quit because they just didn't want to deal with this group anymore because they were so bad. And so I offered my services. <laughs> I said, i
1: services. You, yeah.
0: I said, I'll straighten them out for you. And the pastor was like, really? How you, how you going to do that? I said, oh, I got my ways. Uh, I'm a coach. That's our job. Right. And so, um. He said, well, all right, let's try it. And so we tried it last night. Guess what? It worked. We got through with the class, and he looked at me, and he goes, they have never been anywhere near that good before. I'm like, yeah, there is a time for playing. And mm-hmm. the the those for those kids, we let them do that yeah. after we made them do what they were supposed to do. Right. And you know what? They had a good time last night mm-hmm. too. They didn't have any less of a good time last night than they had any other time, but they paid attention, answered questions in the Bible study and did, and, <laughs> and did something they've never done before. But
1: you know, and, and we're not going to get into a segment on parenting here or our kids, but <clears throat> I was blown away and you'll know which kid I'm talking about. There, there's a kid who we used to coach. He graduated last year. Um, it's not the one you're going to initially think of. It's the next one. But just we, we constantly had problems with this kid, or I did, you know. I got ran over by this kid. I was out running on the road one day, and this kid about ran me over, just unruly in his vehicle, just pro- – and, I mean, I was – this is one of the kids I picked up the phone after he about ran over me, and I had some words with him. Yeah. N- nothing. Nothing. Nothing out of line. But I was very firm with him, and I I thought, this kid's going to hate me. Well, he's in college now, and he had to do a speech on an organization. Guess which organization he picked? Really? Run for God. Wow. And when his mom called and told me that, I was like, I thought this kid hated me. But kids need those those guardrails nowadays, and they respond to those guardrails. But Mm -hmm. when we just say, Oh, whatever. Do what makes you feel good. I I think back to the Andy Griffith episode of, you know, where Andy, I don't, did you watch Andy Griffith much? A little bit, yeah. Well, there was a homeless guy in the woods and he was luring Opie and his friends all out there and he was asking them to go steal pies and all this stuff. And and Andy caught wind of it and he brought them all in. And the homeless guy was like, well, I was just teaching the kids to help the needy. And (laughs) he said, Andy, you need to let these kids make their own decision and andy said oh no 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 Mm. kids will chase after anything that's flashy it's our job to keep the flashiness out of their lives and that's so wow that's so true but i don't don't know how we got off on that but um but yeah that was that was a cool phone call i got the other night that um you think you think you're doing something that people aren't going to like you for yeah and it it has the opposite effect yeah it turns out yeah i I've told Do you know which one I'm talking about?
0: I, I'm not sure.
1: Blue Chevy truck.
0: Um. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> my uh, you know, the point of this particular passage is that everything has a time. So there's a time for uh, for being strict and to get onto those kids, mm-hmm. and it pays off later. Sure. There's also a time for having fun for, for laughing about things. And that's appropriate too. We did that with that same kid, right? Sure. Lots of times. Yeah. We, we, there were lots lots of laughs Mm -hmm. that happened, but you got to keep those straight. And I think about my, my two sons, by the way, my youngest son just adopted officially their eight year old girl. Mm -hmm. So we now have two eight year old adopted grandchildren. One, that's awesome. One with my oldest son, one with my youngest son. And, uh, Which is great. Now, they can take those kids who have had a rough life up to this point and they can continuously remind those kids about how unfortunate they have been in the past. Or (laughs) they can go, moving forward, your life's going to be different. And that's what's important. And uh, there was a time when they had a rough life. They're going to remember those times. And when they get older, they're probably going to be really, really thankful for... All the things that you know, my son. One of the girls is she's she's tough to handle sometimes. Um, I, they were at my house. He had to physically pick her up and carry her to the car, kicking mm-hmm. and screaming. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's she has some diagnosable mm-hmm. issues. Um, she's going to be thankful for that one day. As bad as it hurts my son to do it. He's going to be thankful for it, just well, like this situation. Yeah, and
1: and I mean, put it. In, we always talk about parent, child, coach, athlete, God, us. It's the same type of relationship. And you know, people say, "What are what is one of the things that lets me know that I'm a Christian?" I've been asked that question before, and I say conviction. Yeah, you know, the, there's comfort, even though when I'm convicted, I've done something wrong. Or I've thought about doing something wrong, and and God's right there to whack me pretty hard. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, it's that it's that same type of relationship where I know that God has my best intentions at hand. And how do I know I'm a Christian?
0: Because
1: I hear from God, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's through conviction. That's that's comforting. As weird as that sounds, it's comforting.
0: Yeah. Well, and just one last thing about that particular. the 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 dichotomy between you know the the good and the bad is it really depends on where we put our emphasis Mm -hmm. we should put our emphasis in the right place sure and and uh and bad times turn way better when that happens here's a question how can you use laughter to make a bad situation better (laughs) uh you know a bad situation is a bad situation, most of the time you can't change it. I was just talking about you know being in traffic and being upset with the person in front of you, and you can get all upset as much as you want. It ain't gonna affect that other person one iota, and it ain't gonna change anything that's going on and you might as well just just accept what's going on and move on like I said, I'm gonna try the laughing. I'm gonna just try laughing in traffic. Do you have an inappropriate laughter laugher in your laugh? Do I have an inappropriate laugher, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did you but know
1: Holly is an inappropriate
0: laughter? She's an inappropriate laughter. Meaning she laughs. <laughs> she's gonna she... kill me
1: for bringing this up. I mean, an old lady can fall down and she'll start laughing. It's it's not anything <laughs> she means do. to do, yeah. and it's it's. But I mean, when I think we were dating, we weren't even married yet. I I made the mistake of taking her deer hunting with me, and we're in the tree stand together. It was like a buddy stand. I said, all you have to do is be quiet. She starts laughing. We finally had to get out of the Tristan because <laughs> we weren't going to see anything because she's one of those that when she's not supposed to laugh, she laughs. Yeah, that's funny, <laughs> and it's hilarious to think about. Yeah, but so that's one of those situations where you can take a good situation and make a bad by laughing. So yeah,
0: well, she's in general a happy person. So she's a very happy. That's person. uh, yeah. so that tells you that tells you something there. Well, I think about children when children are upset. Debbie's really really good at this. So if a child is upset, not behaving, whatever, Debbie is really good at changing the subject, mm. and it's usually something funny, and it's amazing how kids respond to that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're the same way. Mm-hmm. We're no different than kids are when it comes to stuff like that. When you can change the subject into something funny, it, it, it completely changes everything, and our attitude and the whole thing. It's I remember... Uh, when talking about the, the funeral, um, I remember laughing at my mother's funeral mm-hmm. and, and thinking um, it was good. It was a good thing. She would have wanted yeah, it.
1: Yeah, that's what I was sitting here thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it made everything feel so much less overwhelming when I, when I did that. So laughter always makes you feel better. And think about this. They say laughter is the best medicine, right? Think about laughter works just about every single time you try it right yeah name a medicine that does that yeah i don't know that there is one so it is the best medicine Mm -hmm. another question who are your favorite go-to comics when you need a laugh i mentioned tim tim hawkins obviously
1: yeah i don't really know many of them i I know john chris uh tim hawkins who's the lady that's um i ain't doing it lady she got real popular back during the pandemic she's a kind of a christian comedian i can't remember her name Shonda pierce does she do that no i know who shonda pierce is okay anyway
0: well yeah there's 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 a a few that stick out yeah yeah and there's a lot of comedians out there who aren't christians but but do clean clean humor um there doesn't seem to be as many of those these days as there used to be i remember listening to stephen wright when uh when i was younger and Stephen Wright had this real deadpan delivery, but he was, he never, his topics were benign, you know, but he would, you know, he would say things like, you know, I bought some paint. I bought some used paint. It was in the shape of a house. You know, He'd <laughs> just weird stuff, you know. And um,
1: Heather Land was the lady I was thinking oh, okay, of. You remember okay. her?
0: I don't. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Um, I was a big Monty Python fan, which
1: I've heard you talk about him. I've never, I've well, never them. heard him.
0: It's a group. Oh, it's a group, yes. Monty Python, a comedian a group. group, yes. Hmm. A British group. Um, and they made some movies that poked fun at Christianity in particular. Um, hmm. so uh, you can look at that a lot of different ways. Um, but there it's just silly humor, and I love silly humor. I just I just love silliness, you know. It's, I mean, I like deep humor that makes you really think too. But I really enjoy, you know, airplane. Remember the movie Airplane? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that movie still makes me <laughs> laugh today. I mean,
1: so you you, I want to go back to that podcast for just a minute. The podcast that we both listened to, I'm pretty sure. He, he was talking about because they're into a lot of parody. Yeah, I guess parody is the right word. That's right. Where they will take some of the, he, it's a Christian organization, but they will take some of the. Hot political topics, and they'll make fun of the other side and what he explains on that podcast is that humor sometimes will bring us together when normal conversations about an issue won't yeah and an example being I'm not going to bring up any of the specific examples, but you know something that politically conservatives and and liberals are are typically very divided on. He'll make he'll do headlines and and parody things about the other side that to many of on the other side is offensive, yeah. but to a lot they're like well, that's pretty funny yeah. he, you got me type yeah. thing yeah and it, it was he was right I mean he there there is an element of truth there that humor can bring people together even if you're making fun of the other side because I've had it happen to me. You know, something that I'm pretty serious on on one side, and somebody will make fun of it, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's <laughs> maybe I'm taking myself too seriously." Yeah, and yeah. he had a lot of good points.
0: Yeah, yeah. I he I think it's the point that whether you're a Trump fan or a Biden fan, sure, he might, that you you have to admit whichever There's one of plenty those, to
1: make fun of, of both of them. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And if you can't admit that, you're taking yourself exactly way too seriously. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Last question, how do you respond if someone tells you a less than Christian joke?
1: so I had this happen just the other day, did you? and I didn't laugh and that that was kind of comforting to me because twenty years ago I'd have laughed, yeah, and i it got really uncomfortable because yeah. the guy i mean he it was on a job site, and most ninety percent of the guys know who I am what I do. Um, they know what I stand for. I mean, I had a room for God shirt on, he made an off color joke and I was just like, I mean, it just fell on deaf ears. I was like, yeah. And it was very awkward because he was like, oh, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think we should, I mean, it's, we're not doing anybody any favors to laugh
0: right
1: at it. Um, it's not appropriate for us to laugh. The yeah. joke is not appropriate, but it's also not appropriate if we laugh at it. Yeah. Um. So, well, but it can't get awkward.
0: And your point is is a good one. If you're hearing a lot of off color jokes, you think about who you're hanging out with. Sure. I mean, I hate to be that direct and 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 almost condemning. I guess sounding the way I'm, I'm saying it, but I don't hear. I don't remember the last time no. I heard an off color joke. Yeah. Just because. I, I don't hang around with people who tell off-color jokes. Right. And um, if you're going to tell off-color jokes, well, we're probably not going to be probably not going to be hanging out with you. So I think that's important, too, to make sure that we are around people who... It, it's great to be around people who are funny. Now, I know a lot of people who are funny. Yeah. I remember one guy that I worked with when I was working at the company that I worked at for 25 years. And um, every, every, everything was a joke to him. I mean, he was... He was sometimes disruptive in his jokes, but his jokes almost always went back to something Christian. Hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times he invoked the rapture, but <laughs> but he did it over and over again, and uh, and he was just funny and so much fun to be around because he was funny. Um, but his 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 jokes were never inappropriate ever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think we got to be careful, make sure we're hanging out with folks that. Um, that stay on the right kind of topics. And again, I mentioned Tim Hawkins before in his, you know, carry the TV, large screen TV, <laughs> yeah. you know, the the um what is it called? Changing light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean it's just it, it's just funny. I yeah. mean you can't help but smile just thinking about it. And uh yeah we
1: Yeah, if you're in a one one denomination of a church and you can't handle another denomination poking fun at you you need to get a grip
0: you got to there's up. plenty
1: I mean I'll never forget one of the first run for God classes um it was that second round of run for God classes you know I had the first one yeah and then the second round was 16 churches right here in Dalton well, what we did was we on the on the nights where we had like shoe night and the the where we had guests we all came together and we did it at different churches and but when we went to the Presbyterian Church I presented when the Presbyterian Church came to our church my buddy Jason Denson prevented, presented and Jason's a Presbyterian he got no he's Methodist I'm sorry and he got up and the first thing he, he did was start cutting in on the Baptist Yeah, and it, but it's hilarious it's I mean it's funny. funny and we should be able to do that because yeah. I mean at the end of the day Methodist Baptist is, it's just a lot of preferences there yeah. do you believe who Jesus is do you you know have you accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior that's all that matters Yep, we can poke fun at the other stuff yep And it's fair game.
0: Just keep it God-centered. That's right. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com.
1: Okay, so we're back and we we had a we kind of did a little bit of research on our podcast here while back and it was kind of um revealed to us that we didn't need to get so heavy into the professional running things. That yeah. is, you know, most of our listeners are, you know, not in that world. They're, they're you know, they're they're trying to get to a 5k. They don't really care about what happens in the professional world. And I get it. Yeah, you know sure. i'm not i'm not near as enthused about it as you are mm-hmm. and uh but something happened
0: this week that we've got to talk we about we have to talk about it so yeah. what happened dean yeah Elliot kipchoge broke the world record the goat in the marathon the goat yeah so my story about that and i you know i remember when i was young when i was in the 80s back when i was running in high school and the world record was like 208 and now the world record is 201 and um it's it's amazing But if you look at the world record progression, I looked at that and I thought, you know, there was a point at where big chunks were taken out. If you look at it, it's pretty steady. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a steady progression over that time. Um, Now, people will say that the advent of the super shoes has made a big difference. But I think all that's done is made it where more people can run fast. But it hasn't necessarily made the fastest people run faster, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if that's been a huge.
1: So let's thing. put it this way: Would Kipchoge have broken the world record
0: this past weekend had it not been for super shoes? I don't know. I don't know. His fastest marathon without super shoes was a two o four something, so it's still pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but it's way off of uh, way off of what he ran this week, and um, you know he's he's wearing the what. That all testing shows to be the best shoe mm-hmm. um for for that but and i've shared here before my thoughts about the super shoes you know i wear the saucony endorphin pro which is different than they say the adidas and the nike shoes are the best ones mm-hmm. um but i can tell you mine make a difference i mean yeah I, you've I, said I that just, before i can just yeah. feel it it is definitely different so
1: and alien kipchoge is not a spring chicken
0: no he's, he's thirty seven yes, years old yeah about to be thirty eight running his fastest, and he's already the greatest of all time, and he's just ran his fastest marathon ever, yeah, which kind of goes to the point i'm gonna make during this yeah. uh the in the story that I do have here because um I think it's uh I think it's in his mind, a lot of it's in your mind, and so um What's interesting that he broke the world record in Berlin do you know that the world record every time the record's been broken since two thousand and three it's been in Berlin at the Berlin?
1: yeah, record. I read your notes on this that's and that none of the women
0: none of the women yeah now the women back in the nineties had a couple of records set in Berlin, but since two thousand and three none they've all been but London all the men or men Chicago but all the men but have.
1: why is that do you I think? don't know
0: I don't know it's really strange. I thought that was really interesting so i I mean, all of those courses are pancake flat, yeah, and they're all fast. Mm-hmm. And so uh, maybe it's just a coincidence yeah. that uh, Berlin happens to be the place where Berlin, one of the things about Berlin is that I think they get pretty good weather there fairly consistently. And places like Chicago, you, sh- you just never know what the weather's going to be like in Chicago. Yeah. It could be a beautiful day. It could be pouring down rain. It could be hot as blazes. You just n- have no idea yeah. what it's going to be at Chicago. So I think a lot of times people target the Berlin Marathon because it's the weather's usually pretty good.
1: Is it hard to get in Berlin as a as just a age grouper?
0: I don't think so. i got a friend of mine who ran Berlin two years ago, I think. Really? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's. I don't think it's too hard. Hmm. Um, so, I had some some observations about Eliud Kipchoge. I thought I would share. Um, it's time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this story is about Elliot Kipchoge's quote, and his quote is: "No human is limited." The debate is over for any holdouts on the question of who carries the mantle of best marathoner of all time. Elliot Kipchoge broke his own world record in the 2022 Berlin Marathon by 30 seconds. Only one man has run within a minute and a half of his time of 2:01:09. He has four of the five fastest marathon times in history. There can be no debate. Elliot Kipchoge is the GOAT. Even more interesting was the way that he broke the record. Most marathon world records are set by running negative splits, where the second half is run faster than the first half. But in this race, Kipchoge won out in sub-two-hour pace for the first half, covering that portion of the course in 59-51. To put that in perspective, that is mere seconds from Ryan Hall's American record. It was clear that he had chosen to try to run under two hours. The fact that he was able to hold it together well enough to still break the record makes it even more amazing. And then there was the women's race. Tigis Acefa won the, won the race, setting a course record by almost three minutes as she ran 215.37. That may not mean anything to the average person, but this would be roughly equal to your local tennis pro winning Wimbledon. Her one and only marathon she'd ever run was a relatively poor 234 no one had her on their radar in any pre-race predictions. She was known as a good runner, having made the Olympics in 2016, but the event she ran in the Olympics was the 800 meters. You would no more expect an 800-meter runner to win the Berlin Marathon than your local golf pro would to win the U.S. Open. It's simply not done. That brings me to my point. My favorite Eliud Kipchoge quote is this, no human is limited. You see, the thing that Most separates Kipchoge from other runners, at least in my mind, is that his mental game is the strongest in the world. He is famous for forcing himself to smile when the pain of the race is at its greatest. He's a mental beast. He believed he would run under two hours prior to gun time at this race, and he nearly did it. Of course, it is absurd and maybe even a little dangerous to believe that we don't have limits. But Kipchoge's point is that most of the limits we experience are the ones we put on ourselves. Most of us are capable of a lot more. And that's where I want to park. There is no doubt that Kipchoge is one of the best physical specimens the running world has ever seen. Watching him run is like listening to poetry. It's beautiful. Here's the question that I want to entertain. How did he get that way? As far as I know, he doesn't have a heart twice the normal size like Secretariat. He's just better than everyone else, essentially using the same tools every other world-class athlete has. I think the answer lies in that wry smile that he flashes when things get really tough. He does two things that we can all do better. First, he fights the difficulty with positive thoughts, and then he embraces the discomfort. We spend a lot of time trying to run from discomfort. We live in a world that gets more comfortable every year. I remember sitting around our non-air-conditioned house and having to get up to change channels from the four we had to choose from on the television while mom prepared a meal using, <laughs> believe it or not, an oven and a regular old pots and pans. It took an hour to prepare. Today, almost all of us sit in an air-conditioned house while we watch one of the thousands of online offerings available to us, and we watch it when we get ready, not at exactly 8 p.m. Our meals are prepared in 10 minutes using all manner of fancy equipment. There are thousands of examples I could use, but you get the point. The world is much easier to live in today. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not waxing nostalgic for the good old days. I like the comfort of today a lot, but we've come to expect it. So here's the challenge. Get way outside your comfort zone. Be positive about being uncomfortable and embrace the discomfort. See how far you can go with it. Challenge yourself the next time it gets hard. I think you'll find an entirely different level you never dreamed you could reach. For Tigis de that included running the third fastest time in women's marathon history. For you, it won't be setting world records in the marathon, but it might be the longest run you've ever run, or holding a pace for longer than you thought possible. Try it. In the end, you'll be glad you did. Paul talked about suffering for the cause of Christ. He was imprisoned and ultimately lost his life for being bold for Christ. We should adopt the Kipchoge principle in our for our Christian lives too, like Paul did. Embrace the discomfort that may come from sharing Jesus. You won't set a world record, but the reward is even better.
1: Okay, Dan, I'm going to make a statement here that may surprise you. Yeah, I think this was your best one yet.
0: Oh yeah, wow.
1: 133 episodes, and this was the best one oh. in my opinion.
0: Well, I appreciate it's a that. good job. No, well, thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, he's just, the guy is so good. Golly bum. Yeah. I mean, I talk about
1: getting better with
0: age. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, 37 years old and, and setting world records is just crazy, crazy, crazy. And again, in this case, the thing that amazed me the most about this race was that the plan was for them to go out at like one hour and 40 seconds, one hour, 50 seconds. That's where the target range was. That's what the plan was for, for months leading into this race. Kipchoge just felt really good that morning.
1: The, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back. The plan was to go out at what?
0: One hour and 50 seconds.
1: Oh, okay. One hour. One hour. Colon 50 seconds. Colon 50 seconds. Yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was that was the idea, was to, was to do that. And then apparently Kipchoge at the last minute said, now nah, I want to go, I want to go.
1: Or he was just feeling good the first 5K and said, all right, boys, pick it up. Son. Yes.
0: Yes. And uh, And so they did. And... I mean, he went out hard from the gun. I mean, his first his first 5K was like fourteen oh nine. It was <laughs> yeah. it was ridiculous.
1: When you break it down into five K's, which I can relate to, I mean we all know these five K numbers.
0: Yeah. That's insane. It's astounding, isn't it? Four thirty seven point eight per mile.
1: I mean, he would be on the podium at a lot of university five K track meets.
0: That's right. That's right. With that time. That's he would.
1: And he did it over and over and over. Yep. And over and over. Yeah. And over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but when, as a professional runner, when you go out a minute too fast over that first half, the chances are the second half's not going to go well.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask his other, you said he has four of the top five marathon times. His other three, were they negative splits?
0: Yes. He always ran. So
1: that's obvious that he was going for
0: it. Yes. Which is awesome. hundred percent. There was no question. He was trying to break two hours. Yeah. That's from the start. Do you think he'll do it? I don't. You I th- don't. I think that's it. You think think? that's as fast as they'll go but I've said that before
1: yeah I mean I think we all said that I think we all said yeah probably the last couple yeah he's getting pretty old now but getting older but you're seeing like you know Sarah Hall people like that are just yeah what you I mean you're in your 50s now and you, you seem to be getting faster and faster and faster is there something we're not we haven't known in the past
0: no, I, I to my point. This is my whole point of this whole thing is it's it so much we control so much with our mind.
1: But that's my point is there's people out there. It seems like there's more people out there now who are saying well age is just a number. Mm-hmm. You know, Sarah Hall should probably not be running as fast as she is. Kipchoge should definitely not be running as fast as he is by the numbers, by historical evidence, by so many things, but he's decided none of that matters yeah I'm gonna run this fast yeah and I think that's what you've done to an extent yeah. you've just decided age is just a number it yeah. don't matter yeah I can run faster
0: yep and it goes that way to everything too yeah. it goes that way when um, I've got a uh, got a, a new athlete on the college team that that came out to run with us and she's just trying to get back in shape and that first day she wanted to run two miles. And I was like, "That's not enough." I know you're just getting back to it, but if you're going to be a college athlete, a three-mile run is minimum. Yeah, you know, and so. But I think in her mind, two miles was about right. But we've got to change that. Sure, we've got to change the perspective on what's what's possible, and you know, you look at the women's side of this race. We're talking about Kipchoge's race, but. Really, her, her race was probably more impressive than everybody's, and the it was really good weather, and that's what I'm going to talk about that in a second. But the, that 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 was a a big impetus in what happened here. But there was only one woman in this entire race who had run under two two hours and twenty minutes, and they went through the first half. There was a group of like six of them that went through the first half in sixty eight minutes. Well, hmm. uh, if you're doing the math, you realize that's way faster than they should be running. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it turns out that this, this lady, a wound up running the second half, even faster, but, um, but that's, they just went after it. They just decided this is a good day. I feel pretty good. I'm just going to go for it. And they went for it. And a lot of times what you find and what a found out was that she could do better probably than she may have even thought she could.
1: Well, And we all have those times. It doesn't matter if you're running, uh, f- a 4.30 pace like Kipchoge or you're running a 15 minute pace we all have those times in workouts and runs I had it yesterday where you mentioned you you could tell I was running faster Keith and I I was running faster than I really thought I could or I should and there came a very specific time I remember it was we'd come off the lone bridge and we were coming up the hill and I thought I've got to back it down I have to back it down and then This is where I'm struggling the most. It's not my legs. It's the mind. And I made a conscious decision. No, I'm not going to do that. And once you make that decision and get it out of your mind, the pain's still there. But a lot of times those thoughts will subside Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of times there's those pivotal, you can put your finger on the instance Mm -hmm. and, if we can get past those and like i said like you said earlier it's easier said than done but man it's you're you're so glad you did and it's the pain is just for a little bit i mean literally at this point we were at two and a half miles of a three mile run or no we weren't even a we were a quarter mile from the finish line yeah so the pain was only going to be just a few more minutes yeah and but we got we've got we've got to make those decisions in our head and
0: and make them quick and move on make and, them quick and move on yeah and yesterday was a good day for that cuz it was cooler yesterday and it so was i remember a race that I ran it was 10k and there was a guy running the race that I had never beaten before but I'd been trying to beat him for for years i'd mm-hmm. finished 12 seconds behind him a couple of times and we were in a 10k and i had let him go from the start i mean he had he was leading the race from the start i was second and my thought really wasn't to try to beat him that day other than just to try to run as fast as I could run. We made the turn. It was out and back. We made the turn. And I thought, if I still feel this good at four miles, I'm going after him. And so that's what happened. Mm-hmm. At five miles, um, I still was like, I, 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 I'm going to really hammering. Well, I ran my fastest mile of the race in that fifth mile, which is unusual in a 10K. And I cut. He had a 14-second lead halfway. And I cut it down to three seconds Mm. within that before we got to the six mile mark. Um, And then he pulled away from me. He wound up winning by 11 seconds. But my point is, is that I made a decision that I didn't care how bad it hurt. I was going to go after it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you just got to make that decision. And I was so glad afterwards that I did. Embrace it. As bad as it hurt. um, That last mile hurt really bad after running my fifth mile so fast. Well, you (laughs)
1: know, Ron Hall used to say, and I loved how he said it. He said... I'm not a professional athlete. I'm a professional pain manager. Yeah. And we've talked about the firewall. We've talked about all these different things, but that's really what it comes down to is how much can you handle the pain? Because it does hurt when you're pushing outside that comfort zone in the sport of running, it's going to hurt, but how well can you manage that?
0: Yeah. And all of this has great application to our, our walk of faith as well. Sure. Because there are times when right in front of us, just like I had that opportunity to try to run somebody down in that race, there's times where there's a, a chance to witness to somebody who needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we let it pass us by. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's prompting us and we let it go by. We've all done it, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, First Peter 3.15 says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. The point is, is you got to be ready for that. Just mm-hmm. like in that race, I needed to be ready, fitness wise, to go after it. Um, I was ready. Kipchoge was ready to try to run two hours, so he went after it. Mm-hmm. We've got to be ready when it's time when somebody's there and in, in front of us, and they wanna they wanna understand what what is this Christian thing all about. We have got to be ready, mm-hmm. right?
1: At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run For God station at J Radio.
0: I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, here's my reason. It's simple. We've talked about that. Even on this podcast, running and walking have to be the most simple forms of exercise in the world. Sure. I don't, I don't see how you could make any, because it's something that we do every day, at least walking. We do every day. Um, something even as kids, we, we ran just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. We didn't even think about it as exercise. And, um, It's simple. It's very, very simple. It's why the iPhone is so ubiquitous is because it is simple. Mm -hmm. It's easy to use, and um, that's why people love it. So it's one foot in front of the other, and then repeat. That's it. That's what running is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. So, uh, yeah. Well, do do you have – Yeah. when you get through with the race, do you have like – things you like to do after a race like you have a tradition or i usually like to go out and eat something i haven't been eating up to that point
1: (laughs) no i don't think i do no no
0: yeah i think that uh, i know that our our girls that they want to go find a um, smoothie king Mm. after a race (laughs) because they want to they want to get a one of those uh, you know, Smoothie King sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um But that's. I think that's a. It's kind of a reward. Yeah. For working hard and being disciplined, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do this. I think so. Uh, and then yeah. a lot of people like to relive races. Do you? Do you like? Do you stand around with other people and talk about the race right after it? Happens? Yeah. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. Play by play. Yeah. Here's here's what happened. I do that after. Just run. Just a run. yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Just talked about the one you yeah had yesterday right yeah 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 I'm I'm really amazed at how fresh some races stay in your head mm-hmm. and how some don't so a few about a month ago I ran that Cam Run and there was something really weird about that day it was like I was outside of myself it was a strange strange feeling I don't remember that much of that race like hmm. I don't remember that morning very well it was yeah. it's strange um, but then I ran another race a couple of weeks later and I remember that one really well so. Maybe HD. Well, that could be. That could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I, I think about it, it during races is, and, we, and this goes back to that mental focus we talked about earlier. Um, some people like to really, really focus on their races mm-hmm. pre-race, and other people don't. Right. So. Michael Phelps, you remember the famous picture at the Olympics of Michael Phelps so focused mm-hmm. before his race, and then I think about the opposite of that with Roger Bannister and the stories about how Roger Bannister the day he was going to try to break four minutes for the mile the first time, he wanted to just go hang out with his friends and not talk about running at all and be completely outside of running. Um, both can both can work. I think it's both.
1: very individual. It is. I don't. You you weren't helping coach at the time, but when our triathlon team was very young. We would go to these races. And now I I was a coach that I was all about getting focused and, you know, routine. And you you remember the pre-race routines I used to make the kids go to, which I think was healthy. But they would get to these races, and I started seeing they were just – they were wigging themselves out. I mean, they were – by the time the gun went off, they were a basket case. So uh, I I think it was in Missouri. We were at a race in Missouri. And I brought a football, and I had all the kids get out literally – Forty-five minutes or an hour before the race, and play a football game out in the field, throwing the football, and and the other coaches were looking at me like, "What in the world is Mitchell doing over there with his team?" But I realized that especially kids, sometimes it's best just to get their mind off of it. You know, Lane was really bad about it for yeah. a long time. Yeah, um, he's gotten better. At, you know, now, but um, yeah, I think it's very individualized. Some some people do good with really focusing before the race and some people they just freak themselves out yeah and it's it's bad so i don't think you can prescribe something to somebody's people's got to figure that out kind of like nutrition yeah you just got to figure it out
0: i think you're right and and then um during the race it's the same thing yeah you know they say that they did a study that showed that listening to music while you run increases performance for recreational runners Mm -hmm. and decreases performance for professional runners because professional runners need to be tuned into their body and really, really focused on what they're doing. And then recreational runners need to get their thoughts away from what, the way their body feels, and it makes them run better. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 different for everybody. Well,
1: we used to see that, I'll, I'll never forget, was that Andrew and Landon, we used yeah. to make them run together. Yeah. yeah. Because what we found is that when they would run separately, they were focused on their breathing and all this other thing, and, and they just – their breathing got heavy, and they started to freak out, and their runs suffered. But when we put them together, they would talk the whole time, yeah. and the runs were always much better yeah. when they run together. And so, that there again, it's very individualized. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't do good with music yeah. on my runs. I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, but some
0: people love music, yeah. so there again, it's it's kind of like your shoes. Well, just you got to keep, just got to experiment with things, right? Yeah. So when I when I run a race. My, my focus is not usually like, you know, can, can I win this race or what my place is going to be? Or I usually focus on the parts right. of a race. Uh, how do my legs feel? Um, how's my breathing going? And then when something goes bad, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm breathing extra heavy, well, then now, now I'm going to change that focus from worrying and, mm-hmm. and having anxiety over that breathing to how do my legs feel? Yeah, you know, and just pushing off or my back, something, something else that that I can get away from that, and uh, and it seems to help me. Yeah. So focusing on just the little pieces of what's going on, uh, and again, like you said, it's different for everybody. You have to find what works for you, um, and I said nothing works for everybody, but something works for everybody. So. Yeah,
1: and in, in today's culture, you know, people will try to tell you well, you need to wear this shoe, you need to eat this the night before, and you need to have this race plan. The chances of those three things being the same for any two people is very slim. Yeah, right. So you need to be very careful when listening to those types of inputs because, you know, really the only thing that hangs true for, for most runners is training principles. Everything else is really very individualized. That's right.
0: All right, we have a trivia question for this week. And the trivia question is this. There was a lady who set the world record in the marathon in 2003, and it remained the record until 2019. So it lasted 16 years. Who was she, and where was she from? Do you know this one? I don't. I'm surprised I don't know this one. Oh, my goodness. I thought since we were talking about the marathon, we'd do a marathon question this week. All right, our motivational thought of the week is this. Uh, patience is the key which solves all problems that's a Sudanese proverb that's, a, that's one we uh, you and I both need we. to hear uh, <laughs> uh, and it's true patience really does make a big difference um, you know that whole angry versus laughter thing we talked about yeah. earlier a lot of that goes back to patience yeah, doesn't it for sure yeah. it's a great thought all right. God, it's amazing how God's worked me over these the past <laughs> several years when it comes to that. Man, oh man. All right. I guess that about does it. This is episode 133? Yeah. My goodness.
1: And you did the best Dean's thoughts today. All right. So congratulations.
0: That's good to know.
1: Try to do it again in the next 133. Okay, I'll do that. See if you can replicate that.
0: Right. So next one's got to be better. Yeah. All right. No pressure. No pressure. All right. Good job, (laughs) Dean. Well, until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.
1: For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.